live and direct from New York City, this is Beneath the Surface Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Now you have entered the realm of nation time strategic planning, and as usual, we are the tacticians whose mission it is to do our part in making our people thrive again. I am Miss Eve, and Moray is not here. We are actually functioning behind his back. And uh, do you know why? Because I'm going to get you a little bit closer to my personal business, okay? Yes, my personal business. Well, it's not as seedy as you might think. Really, I'm going to show you or allow you to hear a conversation between my brother and I. My brother and I are close in age uh, and we, of course, were raised by the same father and same mother, so there's certain things that we have in common by virtue of that. However, there are a lot of things we do not have in common. So every time we get together, whether I'm going down to where he lives, whether he's up here uh, visiting myself and family, friends in the area, uh, there will always be a time where we sit down at the table or on the couch and we chop it up and drama ensues. Well, it's not too bad, but you know. Uh, you know how brothers and sisters are. You have the banter going back and forth about a particular issue. But the reason that this is relevant to Beneath the Surface, first of all, is because we do dive beneath the surface in discussing whatever issue might come up. And this time it is a theist argument versus a non-theist argument regarding the existence of God. And this is something that we have been discussing for decades. Uh, so just wanted to let you in on a little segment of our discussion regarding that. A little bit of information or ideas exchanged about Noah's Ark and the flood and all of that. And I think you'll enjoy it. But in terms of nation time strategic planning, what really occurs to me is that in order for us to build a nation, in order for the people of African ancestry who have been so uh, rocked back and forth by colonization and every other kind of Asian that has split us apart and caused so much dysfunction among us. In order for us to actually create the type of nation building that we want, we really do have to get along even within our families. Get along with your dads and your moms and your siblings and your cousins and aunts and uncles, nieces and nephews. We actually need to be cohesive on the family level. So what you're going to hear is my brother and I chopping it up, talking, going back and forth, and loving each other at the same time. So I'll be back at the end, uh, and I just want to have that in your mind so that uh, you'll take a little peek into uh, who I am within the context of my relationship with my sibling over a topic as spicy as the existence of God, the existential realm. All right, let's put on our gear and dive beneath the surface. I look forward to you hearing it. Stay tuned. Okay, so go ahead, Anthony. <laughs> you were making ahead, a general Anthony. point about theists versus, versus right, atheists. Right, right. So, <laughs> right. So, you know, originally you were slapping down my points about, you know, d discrediting these. This know. is interesting. I don't see. Speak directly into your mic. I don't see. It. Hello. Hello. OK. Yeah. Put that. I see the red light. Popping. OK. Yeah. But when yeah. you were set, when you were seated back, it wasn't. So just put it closer to you. OK, go ahead. <laughs> so you I want you to be comfortable, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
you are batting away my general purpose theist criticisms um, because, you know, the, the arguments that, that are often heard are, are, are these notions that, well, um, you know, well, well, what else, basically what else could there be, you know, or how else could these things be? And we were able to distill um, the underlying point into the, the you know, why is there something into, uh, instead of nothing sort of an argument. And the point that I was going to make is that, well, you know, people have addressed this question as well. Lawrence Krauss, for example, has addressed this question. Okay. Um, author, physicist, et cetera. But, and forgive me if I'm murdering his, his, his point <laughs> to, to, to mere oblivion. Um, but the main point that he talks about is that well, not the main point, but one of, one of the first points that he discusses is that, well, define nothing. You know, absolute nothing um, is something that we have no concept of, we have no uh, experience with. You know, the total energy of the universe is basically nothing right now, meaning like 0% of overall energy. Um, he, basically what he's saying is that there really was not, there was really no point, or at least we're not aware of a point when there was absolutely nothing. So this thing to start it all is kind of a fallacious concept I to think, begin with. But I just want to say, I think that, the, but I just want to mention that I think deist, uh, uh, theists would agree that there was never absolutely nothing, but that God always was. Well, then, but in if addition God to always matter, was, that was something. But yes, but in so yes, oh, but so always how do you establish was. That? Like God always was, as opposed to that molecule of wood that and if eventually well, no, that created or that atom that created the molecule you know what i'm saying right but that that's created all the that way on tree. the far side of something no what right. i'm what i'm saying is that um i think that that might be the the difference is that he's saying that they're like we can't even conceptualize there having never been anything ever and i think theists are saying well what has always existed and some people actually refer to him as the all is the creator right but that's an assertion created there, there, that's an insertion that that needs to and be nothing substantiated is, but nothing in some is sort ins of a way. nothing's being inserted though that well, of course that that's always been so then that's why we use that as a starting point because what people will say is you know okay i'm looking at this um I'm looking at uh, radio waves, and you know, back in the in in the Uga Booga times. I'm sorry. What day is that? <laughs> and so, <laughs> back then, um, those people were walking through these radio waves, oblivious, right? And then there was oblivious a, to their existence, to, to, yes. the, to the existence, yeah, of those waves, mm -hmm. as well as oblivious to most things. Mm -hmm. And they're walking straight through them, and they are not harnessing anything. So mm -hmm. time goes by, times go, time goes by, human beings become more advanced, somebody sees evidence of them, it's being harnessed, now I might speak, and I'm not saying that this is what a radio wave necessarily does, because I don't understand them fully, but I, somebody could speak something in China, and 1.5 milliseconds later, somebody in Afghanistan can hear it, or whatever radio waves do. <laughs> you know, okay. uh, you know, what, whatever it is that they do or somebody, you know, farther away than, than how, how how loudly the person could shout can actually receive that message using, you know, whatever frequency uh, is necessary. Okay. And so but what I'm saying is that th so so it seems like people who are non theists will say, see, 
look, God didn't create not anything. No, I no, can no, explain. No. I can explain to you where that came from because I'm able to scientifically explain radio waves. And I think theists are saying, I don't care how much you deconstructed the raw materials that even created that ability to exist came from God. Right. So, well, then we kind of find ourselves into this, you know. God is all those things we don't understand. God is wait 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 wait. Let me finish. Let me finish. What that doesn't well yeah it's not what they're saying overtly, but that's not what they believe. What happens when well that's what happens when you break down the argument that you just made. Like you're basically saying that radio waves existed before man knew they were there. Yeah, there are a lot of things. Absolutely, there are a lot of things that exist before man knows that they were there. Yeah, but that does not mean that it was not in evidence. Right. You have to actually have. So man got the tools. They developed the tools to understand that there is a spectrum of wave or whatever that, you know, that they were not perceiving prior. So what I'm saying is that going back to the Lawrence Krauss idea is that if, you know, if the you know, total energy of the universe is zero. Right. That and, and that, that we have no evidence of nothing. Well, wait, but wait, 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 how do we no. know? Well, How do we know a, that it's a, it's a calculation? Is, it's a calculation based right. on somebody standing in an environment that where the energy is not zero, and so well, of again, course, but we always have to start from where you are. Okay, but otherwise you just but the making calculation assertions. should be flawed as well. R- right, but so what you just did there is is put assertions on par with science, and assertions are not on. How par do we with know science. that saying that the energy of the universe is zero is itself not an assertion? Well, because or, because people like Lawrence, physicists like Lawrence Krauss, I would say, physicists like Lawrence Krauss make these calculations. They publish these calculations. They release these calculations to uh, peer, peer review, uh, which is uh, you know, which is a concept that I think most people don't really understand. Peer review is like if you were on your job, and let's say that you're a uh, you know, let's say that you're a, a mechanic. And you went and changed oil on a 1994 Ford Taurus. And you took a video of how you changed the oil. You wrote a thousand-page paper on every step that you made, every tool that you used, every molecule of oil that you put back in, the, the, the structure of the filter, etc. You, you wrote a paper on that. And you released that paper to every other mechanic in the, on the world, in the world, or at least every other mechanic who is, you know, at a high level in your industry. And... For, for those other mechanics to review, right? This is what scientists do every day. Scientists don't just come up with assertions or have individual experiments and decide, voila, shazam, my experience led me to X and Y conclusion, therefore I am able to speak intelligently about it. They basically tell the world who is therefore in a position to literally get rich off of disproving a, 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 a hypothesis or a, uh, a statement by someone like Lawrence Krauss. So they're in a position to build a career over showing that this person was wrong. They, they show them their work and they sit back and wait. And they, they wait gleefully for the opportunity to be disproven. This is a level of um, investigation that you see in very few other fields. So when Lawrence Krauss talks about the, you know, the total energy of the universe being zero, he didn't just come, off, come up with this on his own. He didn't just assert it and push it into the universe. You know, 
this is a concept that is well known to everybody in his field and has been well known to everybody in his field since the moment he published it. And at least as far as I'm aware of the time of this particular recording, uh, he has yet to be disproven. I'm not assuming his motives. So, well, it's not necessarily I'm, about, although, it's not really about assuming his motives as much as it is about this, this notion that um, theists generally put on people who uh, you know, address the world through evidence or people who are inter interested in evidentialism, uh, which is that, well, just because somebody said this or just because someone had this kind of idea doesn't really make it right. And I'm like, well, I no, that, what peer that's is. not really the case. You know, yeah. We're not just talking about individuals who think something, therefore. We're talking about individuals who took the time and put in the effort necessary to, as, as far as it can possibly be demonstrated, to demonstrate the strength of the... The, the certainty of their ideas, and then to put their uh, those ideas uh, out for peer review, so that other people in their field uh, are are empowered to also come to similar sort of conclusions. And I think that that is the sort of rigor, that is the sort of rigorous conversation that I would put up for uh, uh, in comparison to any other uh, field. Yeah. So, so I just want to say that. And, and not everybody would agree with me on this who happens to be a theist, but I'm not necessarily saying that there is um, some sort of sinister motive on the part well, of... Well, see, that's the thing. It doesn't have second. to be a sinister no, no, motive. It's all about presuppositions. Isn't, but, I'm, but I'm not saying that there isn't, because I think that even though... Even though the I'm cabal give, of scientists yeah, get even, together to determine that Lawrence though, shall be right... Well, on the third day, Lawrence shall thou I mean, be right. There's an idea that there's something <laughs> called scientism, which is the religion of science. So, and it's ridiculous. Of course, it's ridiculous to somebody who's who religion who values what they consider to be can, reason and evidence down. over. And it's not just evidence and reason; it's what you or what scientists would consider to be evidence and reason, which I think what do you mean? is expansive, expansive anyway, or which is continually expanding anyway. You meaning by, so, by continually expanding? You mean that we're learning more? Yes, that's what of I mean. Of course, we're learning more. But what? I'm, but uh -huh. that's that's we have, the point. We have the option just to learn like more. Just like back in the day, there's certain things that human beings did not know, and now they know. Back in the day, certain things were considered evidence that now has been expanded to other things. So again, right I'm now... Sorry, say that one more time. What I'm saying is that if, if, if knowledge is expanding, then when people say today, according to evidence and according to reason, this makes sense, they're making actually a fundamentalist statement that's more no. fundamentalist no. than, than believers of, of a, God are they're making because they don't realize that 10 years from now, they might, they, they might turn around and say, well, that thing that I considered reason and evidence was bogus. Right, but so there's a difference between making a statement based on the evidence that you have and making statements without evidence or making statements that are not evidential. Evidential based on your paradigm of what is considered so, evidence. If I consider well, if intangible things to be evidence How as is something well, intel intangible evidence? Uh, it clearly isn't from, no, no, your, no, 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 from ex your paradigm. Explain it. it. Ex ex explain it, to me how something that is that, intangible but that's is my evidential. Point. That's my point, though. What do you mean? My point is, is that there's no, like, your, your, your paradigm is keeping you from no. seeing anything other than what it's you not, consider to be evidence to be evidence. My paradigm isn't keeping me from anything. I'm asking Yes, everybody's you. paradigm I, keeps them I from am, other things. Uh, but I am asking you to explain to me how something that is intangible can also be evidential. Um, the the waves that we just talked about. But we have evidence fields, for radio waves. No, no, but those things are intangible. 
No, no. Yes, they you are. can measure energy waves. Intangible does intangible. not mean things are not measurable. That means they're not physically no. touchable. No, 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 no. Okay, no. so we have so, to look so, at the dictionary to see what well, intangible no, I mean, means. Well, so first of all, we have, you know, <laughs> words have usages, not necessarily definitions. But, but in this particular case, particularly when we're talking about something like radio waves, right? <laughs> um, you know, the fact that one could not... Unable to be touched or grasped, not having a physical presence. That's right. what I mean when I say intangible. I, that, and that's why I responded with usages. I mean, but the point that I'm making is that, right, so there, there once was a day when one did not know that radio waves exist. Yeah. They weren't able to perceive with, let's say, the physical body that radio waves exist existed. Yet, if they found you know, a, a radioactive isotope or something like that in the environment, their body would be affected by the existence of that isotope, right? Okay. Whether okay. they could see it or not, their body would be, you know, more prone to cancer for them being in the presence of, you know, you see what I'm saying? So yes, you're absolutely right. They may not have been able to perceive it, but their body could, right? Mater whether they had an instrument or not, you know, they w it may not have been able to perceive it, but their body could. There was a, there was a physical ramification of that interaction with radio waves, I see, whatever it may happen to be. So, yes, you're absolutely right that the individual may not have been conscious of it. But, you know, given the, given how young... What happened to your pinky? Oh, when don't look. Don't try to interrupt me. All right, given... <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm good. Don't worry about it. All right. well, g given how young humanity is, right, given how few moments or min minuscule seconds we've been on this planet in the development of, of Homo sapiens sapiens, etc., you know, there are a lot of things that we've only at this very moment come to perceive yes. and come to and, and come and come to to understand. But what I empower, what, what I feel empowered to do, is to use to use the faculties that my oversized brain has 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 provided me with to be able to uh, understand what these concepts are, to be able to use a process that has shown itself to be accurate time and time and time again and by that I'm talking about the scientific method to demonstrate these the processes. scientific method of which the first method of the scientific method contradicts its own self what anyway wait wait let me finish let me finish um, but anyway this we use this methodology which we have demonstrated to be effective over and over and over again uh, to understand those things that at this very moment I do not yet understand and when I come across something that I cannot understand all that is is a challenge to keep trying okay all that is is a challenge to say on this particular day and time I don't know which quite frankly is the most honest answer anyone can give about anything that you do not know the the, the difference here is that you know scientists don't walk around with the presupposition of needing scientists to don't walk around with the presupposition no no they, they would needing to fit needing to fit the answers that we we, we, we come across or the answers that that are derived into a predetermined box the box is not predetermined the the uh, there, there is no necessity whatsoever uh, for us to come to any particular conclusion and even if there was the fact that we detail our experiments, and I'm saying our, like I'm a scientist, but anyway, the fact that scientists detail their experience, uh, experiments and they pu publish them in peer-reviewed journals and have for decades, you know, and, and put it in a position for other people in their field, other learned people in their fields to assassinate the very molecule of their, of their, of their, of their, uh, uh, of their conclusions is 
the most honest thing that anyone can possibly do who is actually interested in figuring out what the <laughs>
Now, there's apologetics. What is, it? Bond, what, what is wait, this wait. evidence you're talking about that you're what? saying actually is not evidence, is anti-evidence? What um, evidence of, have people, of there being uh, what societies, have apologists of, of there used? being societies that are up and flourishing literally, you know, a couple hundred years after the flood was supposed to have existed, of there being plant life, for example, that, um, you know, is older than the worldwide flood was supposed to have occurred, of, of you know, explaining how there is no evidence, for example, of um, kangaroos who would have had to have emanated from a vessel that crashed on Mount Ararat in the Middle East. There's no evidence of there being any, say, skeletons of, uh, of, of kangaroo anywhere between Ararat and Australia. Or the fact that, you know, the continents are divided by water. And how did kangaroos get there? You know, there, there, there are questions abound which make it very difficult for someone to believe the flood story. There's also a whole series of other flood myths in cultures but all over the way. Wait a second. There's cultures all over the world that have fundamental flood myths yes. that are basically evidence of human beings being aware of uh, this natural phenomenon, which devastates people where you know all over the planet, but not one of there being a universal flood you're because they are drastically different. You're standing at the butt of an elephant. I'm looking at it at the elephant from his trunk. It's the same elephant. You're seeing all no, of no, no, these no. different. You're seeing all of these different flood myths as well, first of all using the word myth in the way that you're using it, but myth is just a story of origins. It's not necessarily something that's true or not. But you're using, sure. you're seeing a whole bunch of different societies saying it as evidence of of human superstition, no, whereas not, no. other seeing... people will see it as, wait a second, where did all of these different societies get the same flood myth from? They all got the same flood myth from the fact that human beings tend to congregate in areas where there is water. They congregate on coastlines. They mm -hmm. congregate next to uh, rivers, things of that nature, and rivers flood. Yeah. And when rivers flood and early man encounters flooding rivers, people die. Towns or cities or villages or whatever get wiped out. People disappear. All animal and plant life disappears. And it rises to the level of being 7 and 12 feet above mountains. I don't know. You're, you're, you're citing something particular that we can kind of get back to. But the point that I'm making is that what I'm saying is that there are certain uh, geological uh, uh, consistencies with where man tended to congregate. And those geological consistencies were around water sources. Okay. And when you are around a water source, it will flood, full stop. That's kind of how these things work. Yeah. But what, so, so, you know, the fact that they share the myth is, is pretty much irrelevant. What is more interesting, actually, is that, you know, one myth suggests that the whole world was covered by water for 30 days and 30 nights and that there was an ark and two by two 40. and 40 yeah. days and 40 nights. Or and there was an ark and, a, you know, all the animals on the planet, mind you, or all the, let me phrase that, all the, all the kinds of which there's really no such thing. All uh, the were animals born. that were on the planet right. at but that all, time. Well, and they said one, one of each kind, which is one of the interesting things that, you know, certain apologists like to get into. But nevertheless, you know, we're, 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 we're summoned to, the, you know, the, this, this area in the Middle East to get on the boat and et cetera. Right. So, so you compare that sort of a hyper detailed sort of, you know, sort of a, a, a creation myth or, or a flood myth to you know the 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 earth being um you know mud on the back of a turtle what is your response to the archaeological evidence 
Say that again. What is your response to the archaeological evidence or perceived? Which, which archaeological evidence well, is that? Uh, there being a uh, evidence of um, of wood on Mount Ararat, which exists my, to this my point. Understanding. No, no, I, and I really <laughs> want to know that because well, wait, before, before you say anything, I really want to know that because right. one thing that believers in these texts um, have been taught to do is to yes look at the archaeological evidence for the things that are me- are listed and mentioned in these holy books and if somebody uh i don't know how many decades ago it was who went to turkey right and actually perceived through you know scientific means uh that there is a vessel and you see uh, wood. The outline that is, of it, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the, I forgot what you, what you call it well, when that wood has, you know, almost decomposed. But and they're the same calculations that are listed in Genesis, et cetera. Then of course that is a cause for rejoicing at that evidence. But I want to know what the response of of science has been uh, to having found supposedly that ark. So I'm going to have to speak generally here for a variety of reasons, one of which is because, you know, I'm not sure exactly which claim you're referring to. There's several ARC claims. There's several uh, alleged, uh, um, as she busily, busily types on the, in the yeah, computer. Yeah, yeah, because I, wanna sh- I yeah, wanted please, you please, to know. Please. But go ahead. Right. And mind you, also... Be sure to put the term debunked in your search criteria. Yeah, I understand. So, okay. But I, that's, I was <laughs> going to ask you about that debunking. Is, yeah. Right, right. So the point is that, you know, there there's several art claims. There's several, you know, found pieces of wood claims. There's several, um, you know, foot, uh, outlines of the art seen from the space claims. There are a bunch of those things. And, and the claims that I'm aware of have been thoroughly debunked. Um, and so I guess what we'd have to do is discuss whatever individual claim you wanted to discuss okay. and then at the same time discuss uh, the, the other sources that you're able to Google that also thoroughly debunk said claim. But either way, let's say that there was a piece of wood that is dated to the approximate time, whether you be a young, old, or creationist, whatever. This wasn't a piece. It was an outline whatever. the same size. Or whatever. Of, yeah. I'm just saying. What, what, let's say that there is... The outline, right? My, the particularly, particularly the outline. The one outline, so, well, some one of the outline stories I, I am aware of is said to have been like a naturally formed, uh, formed like rock formation or something along those lines. But anyway, let's say that that is true. Let's say that there is a formation of the 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 the, the, the footprint of the ark on Ararat or something along those lines. We still have work to do. We still have work to do to come to understand how. Uh, the animals were distributed along the earth. How um, the animals, shoot, how <laughs> the Ark Museum, one of the many ways that the Ark Museum makes a total and utter fool of itself uh, is that it, determ- it, 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 it creates these, um, uh, these, uh, these scenes. I these thought you believed in Pangea, so that your, no, the Pangea issue, yes, well, answers that question. No, not in, and that's, Pangea does not answer that question in the time in the time period that was supposed to. Um, okay. where the so you was believe Pangea was millions of years ago, whereas well, the Ark was thousands. Well, we so so I'm not certain about Pangea. I'm not saying you're saying I the believe, continents were already separated by the well, time this yes, so-called my, my thing happened. I'm saying that the continents were separated. I'm not saying that I believe or disbelieve in Pangea, etc. But I I am saying that the continents were separated at this time, right? The for example. Um, you know, the Persian Gulf, air quotes, existed already, 
Right. And, and when the Bible, you know, talks about Egypt and they talk about the sea to, I don't know. The well, beach, that's, whatever. that's a different body of water, but I know right. what you're but, saying. But the point that I'm saying is that there are, if your Bible says that there are formations, you know, currently that happened, that, that uh, were created after, um, I'm sorry, created before uh, Noah and, I'm sorry, yeah, after Noah and his heart. Anyway, the point that I'm making is that the, the two don't necessarily line up. One has to be true, and, and therefore it, it, causes, it causes the other to be false. But so, again, assuming all of these things, we still have to make, what, we still have to make uh, a, a manufacturer an explanation as to how the animals distributed themselves you know, across the earth, or yeah. better yet, how you went from kinds, which there really is no explanation of, we know what clades are, for example, but there's no such thing as kinds, to all of the various types of speciation that we have in all of the different countries that we have Mm -hmm. or all the different land masses that we have in the time from then to now. And when you look at the chart of speciations and how long these things tend to take and all of the sort of environmental conditions that are necessary And not to mention what to do with the animal's waste and why there were what would happen to predator and prey. I totally jumped over the the, the ridiculousness, which is the Ark Museum and and, and the the moves that they make to try to explain these things. But nevertheless... I don't know if they explain the waste question. Oh, they do? Yes. Uh Apparently they're slats. (laughs) I, I encourage, if this gets heard, I encourage everyone to go online and see. Is that the museum in Kentucky or is, yeah. that, oh, or is that the creation, mu- or is that the same museum? Well, the uh, Ark, uh, Ark Encounter, Ken Ham's Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum. Okay. Um, not, I don't believe are the same thing. Okay. But, but look, look go, 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 go online, check out Ken Ham and, uh-huh. and Bill Nye uh, as they walk through the Ark, Ark Encounter and, and embrace thine self. Um, but nevertheless, I'm going to so, let so your list, lot next comment be the last one because sure. yeah, um, we're reaching time. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is that so the the assumptions that the theological assumptions that make that excuses to the underlying claim that will make the claims possible do nothing but open up a whole another can of worms. They do nothing but provide a bunch of additional questions that are also left unanswered about the initial assumptions. And what I'm saying is that. You know, the assumptions should not be made until they're evident. And, you know, there is as far as I the 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 points that have been made that I am aware of have yet to become in evidence. Ah, so what did you think? For some of you, you might have cringed a few times saying, oh, my goodness, are they about to go to blows and. For others of you, you know how brothers and sisters are. (laughs) And one thing that I love about the relationship that I have with my brother and he has with me is that, you know, back in the day we had a little sibling rivalry, but that's long gone. We're adults and we love each other and we don't agree. So it's it's good to have all those ands. So I'm really, really happy that uh, we get a chance to share this and who knows, we might do it again in the future. Well, one thing that we really hope that you've been able to grasp is just encouragement in terms of how to deal with your family members, how to disagree and to still like each other, and, um, and how to find common ground and build and become as cohesive as families should be. And of course, Murray was not here for this, but when he heard the segment that I decided to tape while my brother and I were talking when he came to visit last weekend. He said, oh, you, you guys need to throw that up. So I'm not really going behind Murray's back, but uh, ultimately we just wanted to uh, throw a little monkey wrench into what we usually do to come from this particular angle. 
So listeners, please remember to click the subscribe button so that you'll know about new episodes and tell your own circle about Beneath the Surface podcast. Now, if you're listening via Apple podcast, please give us as many stars as you can. And if you're on Twitter, Instagram, or another social media platform, we won't complain one bit if you link and share this episode as well as any other of your favorite episodes with your own friends and followers we're really thankful that you've joined us family until next time keep up the good work out in your own respective uh, spheres of influence and with your own families as you continue to build that primary unit that will create this nation it's nation time never ever forget peace